Ladies and gentlemen, we are back um, with a new edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Ellie Wilknella, along with the man that's always piercing barriers, Ben Pierce. Ben, how are you, sir? Nursing a Super Bowl hangover. What did you think of the game last night? I thought it was a very good game. Actually, actually, both my parents stayed up for the entire game and watched it, so I was oh. very, proud. I was very okay. proud of them. Now, 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 who who did you go with? Uh, so, mom and I had the Chiefs, and my dad had the 49ers, so we were making fun oh, of the oh. that he lost. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Was there a Royal Rumble in the Pierce household? <laughs> Uh, well, no, because we're we're still being gentle with my mom because she came off of surgery last week. But right, but we were ha- we were having a good time. Right. Yeah, I went to a Super Bowl party. Um, every year the Knights of Columbus here at the church, like five minutes from my house, they have their their Super Bowl party because the priest is like a huge fan of like football. So every year he put. He puts on a Super Bowl party. He invites all the guys. So I went there last night, and um, everyone like put in their bets on like who would win and stuff. So it was just a fun time out. Uh, so who, who did you who did you have winning? I had Kansas City. Ah, smart smart money then. Yeah. <laughs> And um, uh, I don't know if people are talking about the halftime show. What did you think of the halftime? I was confused. <laughs> well, well I'm, I'm hearing about this. What, what, what exactly happened? Because well, well, it was hard well, to like. It was hard. It was hard to pay attention with like all the everyone talking and like laughing and stuff. Well, um, so all all of the songs that they played were songs from my teenage years. So I'm like, I'm so I'm like, well, this isn't new. So why are why are we playing this at this Super Bowl versus you know you know the the one in like two thousand two and so on and so forth? So that that was that was my first point. The, the second point of contention that I had, or I shouldn't say contention, but just being uncomfortable, was um, the fact that my mom was sitting right there and J Lo was on a stripper pole. <laughs> So it, you know, it's just kind of like you know. Oh, okay. It's just kind of awkward because because yeah. you know, you, you, you don't want to be in that state watching that when when um when mom comes in the room. It's it's kind of like his every every time my mom walks in my room and I'm watching wrestling. Yeah. Uh, the girl, the girls are always on. <laughs> and it always happens like that, and it, it, the halftime show kind of reminded me of that. But um, you know, I, I mean, you know, you you can't hate on J Lo. I mean, Jesus, God, she's like a she's timeless for God's sake. You know what I mean? Well, well, well and like I said, it was like hard to pay attention to the halftime show when they, like, had, like, a big crowd uh, of people talking and stuff. Well, see, and, and but, but aside from aside from all of that, you know, I, I only had my parents and, and me watching it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so, 
So I caught every detail. And I, I got to tell you, I was staring at the TV just very, <laughs> oh very confused at what was going on because it was just like, what? They're allowed to dress like that on national TV? You know, they bought the stripper and I think, uh, and I think Shakira was also lip syncing or something. I heard. Uh, yeah, and it, it was oh, yeah. it was very obvious. Oh but my just... god! Because because uh, freaking that Disco Inferno called them out on that. Well, well, and and they, they which should... I don't understand. I, which I don't understand. Well, I don't I don't know why the Disco Inferno would have issues with lip syncing, but I, anyway. <laughs> Um, it, it, it was just awkward, you know, because they had a stripper, stripper pole at the Super Bowl. So it's just, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, it was off-putting. Um, but in, and then my dad just couldn't get over the, the outfits and the fact that the, the one guy had a do-rag. You know, it, it, it was just kind of like, oh, oh my God. So, you know. It was that, but at least, at least it was a good game. Yeah. Fun weekend. All right, we got a, we, have, we have a big show today. I think we have like six or seven shows to cover here. Yeah, we do. And, um, you know, and luckily, for, for your sake and mine and, and my hangover being what it is, um... You know, I, I only have to get very upset at one of the shows. So, oh, just, yes, just, you were telling me about this. <laughs> yes, just hold on. La- oh, okay. yes, La- ladies and gentlemen of the airwaves, I, I, I must confess, when it comes to um, our Friday or our SmackDown review, I can't call it uh, I can't call it what I was gonna call it because it was vulgar, but um. When it comes to our SmackDown review, uh, just be prepared because there's going to be some expletives thrown around. So, Uh-oh. you know, I'm just telling you. Yep. Um. So let's uh, let's jump into our reviews, and uh, you want to start with um, Worlds Collide? You know what's going to happen now? Worlds Collide. That that was the first one that took place on Saturday night from the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. Uh, this was a pretty good pay per view, as are all the NXT uh, events. Yeah, I mean, and this this year was NXT versus NXT UK. Yeah, and you know what? I was really happy that um, NXT UK got a lot of shine on on this show. I was um. I, I thought I thought two matches in particular really stole the show. Of course, the um, and we're gonna go over them all, but this was just my my initial thoughts. Um, obviously, the main event was amazing. Um, I was I was very disappointed that uh, Alexander Wolf got hurt. 
Um, but they did a really, really good job with that match nonetheless. Because um, sometimes when someone gets hurt, it's kind of hard to get the momentum back. Um, but yeah. they did they did a really nice job with that. And then um, the other the other one that I really thought stole the show, quite frankly, was the uh, cruiserweight title match with uh, Jordan Devlin getting the nod over um, Angel Garza, Swerve Scott, and Travis Banks. I I because if you'll recall when when we did the um when we did the the uh, prediction show for uh, Win Worlds Clyde. I said I wanted Jordan Devlin to win, but I thought Angel Garza was going to retain. Yeah, I'm glad that I that I got what I wanted out of that. So that that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but with with those initial uh, thoughts out of the way, let's jump right into um, the review now. And I, I hope. I don't know why they call this a dark match when it was clearly on the kickoff show. Mia Yim, uh, Kaylee Ray defeating Mia Yim. Yes, well, whether whether it was a whether it was a pre-show or not, I still despise the concept of pre-shows, especially when there's only five matches on the main card. You couldn't you couldn't put this one in there. Not, I know, not to, and this was not, a good match too. Right, and not to mention the fact it was a champ. It was a championship match. No, was it? No, was it? I'm I'm not seeing that here. Oh no, no, no! It wasn't. I, I got I got confused with the, with the headline, but no, it was it. Then it would have really been upset. Yeah. Well, no need to no need to cry. So <laughs> any, anyway, um, Kaylee Ray got the um. Got the pin over uh, Mia Yim, which which wasn't surprising given the fact that she was a champion going in. Um, I would I, I would have liked to have seen this show on uh, or this match on the main card, um, as as I'm a really big fan of Mia Yim, and apparent apparently, uh, Elio is getting messages echo- echoing my sentiment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And and then um, after that we got uh, Finn Balor versus versus Ilya Dragunov, um, <laughs> which this was this was a really good show. The um, the the first time I saw Ilya Dragunov was that um, was that uh, the um, the fir- the first yeah the first worlds collide right um no it was it was um no no sorry it was one of, one of the takeovers yeah I think it was I'm pretty sure it was the first um Blackpool takeover um because if I'm not mistaken he went um one on one with Cesaro okay and um. Yeah, that match was like really, really good, um, and it, it actually resulted in uh, Dragunov getting the victory, which I was really surprised about. But um, but it, it was just a really good, uh, good match to put him on my radar. Um, so so yeah, if you if uh, you haven't seen this match, this was this was definitely one of the ones that um, stole the show. Uh, and then after that, we had the um, the NXT Cruiserweight title match. 
Um, I'm so happy that they moved the, the Cruiserweight Championship to uh, NXT because I think it gives it the shine that it deserves. I, I was always I was always a very big fan of the Cruiserweights, so I'm glad that it's getting its proper shine. But yes, this was this was a fantastic match, uh, to tell you the truth, and. Um, I gotta tell you when they when they hit and, hit and, oops, and hold on the research team just uh, got back to me. Uh, the Ilya uh, Dragunov's the Ilya Dragunov Cesaro match took place at NXT UK Takeover Cardiff. Oh, uh, uh, okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, well, thanks for I th- thanks for that clarification because I I really couldn't remember uh where it was. Um, but anyway, um, back to um, back to business before I was so rudely interrupted. I can't believe you. Um, <laughs> but um, pardon, it wasn't. Yeah. It was a research team. Yes, and I, I wonder who heads that up. Hint, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, this was um, this was fantastic, and I um. I really hope that eventually they uh, they showcase Jordan Devlin, and I I want it noted that I want none of these people anywhere near the main roster because they Vince will just fuck them up beyond all recognition. No, 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 no. And and we we don't want that. Um. Right. Next up, we had. The the reunification of DIY Tommaso Ciampa and yep. Johnny Gargano versus yep. uh, T- Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, the, the duo known as Mustache Mountain. Um, and I real I I don't know what I expected out of out of this match. I guess I wasn't expecting much considering that um, DIY had been. Uh, split up as a tag team for at least eight months mm-hmm. um, previously. Um, so I really wasn't expecting much out of it, but I have to tell you, um, for for it getting 23 minutes and 10 seconds, um, this was this was a really good match and, and restored my faith in uh, tag team wrestling because this is what's missing on, or at least part of what's missing on, the main roster because somebody, Vince McMahon, is not a fan of of tag team wrestling. Which after a match like this, I have no idea why. I know I don't understand how how this guy cannot be a fan of tag team wrestling. Well, perhaps perhaps we should have the revival on the show when they get released, and we can ask yeah. them that question. We'll pick. We'll pin. We'll, we'll pin them down under threat of having to watch Vince McMahon promos for the last twenty years. <laughs> and then we had uh, for the NXT uh, Women's Championship. It was Rhea Ripley defeating Tony Storm to retain the Women's Championship. Uh, and you know, and 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 part of me understood this match, but part of me wasn't a fan of it. Only, be, only because, like you knew that Rhea Ripley was going to retain. Yeah. Given, given the fact that she had just won, uh, won the belt, 
less than a month previously. So, um, you know, as good as the match was, I'm just not a fan of it when the, when the result to me is a, is a foregone conclusion. Um, and, um, and the, the biggest issue for me was that Tony was that Tony never felt like a legit threat because they, they only had that one promo on, uh, on NXT TV to build the match up. Um, so I wasn't a, a big fan of that, but, um, but speaking of something that I was a gigantic fan of, and I mean, I could have, I could have fallen out of my chair. I was so happy. Um, okay. Was yeah, you don't have to act so weirded out. I, there's there's no weirdness coming. I was just a big fan of this match. Um, yeah. in, Imperium versus Undisputed Error. And uh, I'll tell you what, this, I mean, you know, I hate multi-man, uh, you know, like six-man, eight-man tag matches on the, on the main roster. And, and this, right here, this is exactly what multi-man tag matches should be on every main roster show there is because... You know, because, you know, the main roster just lacks so much intensity, um, you know, so much, uh, so much or- organic connection to the fans. I mean, you know, the the fans were in into this from start to finish. And I, I can, I mean, I can't take you all, all the way through this match because, um, I, I mean, my commentary can't do this justice, um, but I'll just give you some of the some of the highlights. So pretty early on in the match, um, it looked like uh, it looked like Wolf caught caught a boot from Bobby Fish. I think it was Bobby Fish, uh, right in in the uh, right in the chin. So it looked like he got knocked out, and they took him out of the match. Um, and I was I was very concerned that that would kind of throw everybody off. But as I hinted at earlier, everybody did a really nice job of uh, bouncing back and carrying the match off without too much of a hitch. Let's see. And um, Walter uh, immediately tags in after the injury and just. Um, starts wailing away on uh, on Cole. Um, Cole tries to get some offense in. Uh, he gets uh, he gets cut off with chops. And for God's sake, uh, can we just admit that Walter makes Ric Flair's chops look weak as hell? <laughs> I mean, it it, it, it looks it looks like these chops could kill somebody. I mean, it's just, you know, oh my God, they look brutal as all hell. Um, But uh, then, uh, then uh, Roddy tries to um, tries to come in and help help out, but he gets uh, cut off with a boot to the face. And um, after that, Imperium. 
uh, starts to dominate a little bit. Of, of course, after they kicked out of a near fall attempt by Bobby uh, Fish. Um, and it, it really it really felt like after after, after that, um, uh, Imperium just uh, took over. And uh, once again, we uh, uh, we we get just a um, a Walter Clinic. I mean, this this guy. When and if this guy makes it to the main roster, if he is not booked like a complete motherfucking mon- monster, I give up. I just. This guy reminds me of like a throwback to you know, to just the the legit ass kickers of, of wrestling, and I absolutely loved uh, this match and um and uh, Walter hit hit the power bomb uh to to get the pin, and uh, this match was was a half hour long. Usually, usually I start to get bored after about the 20, 22 minute mark of, of a match if it doesn't have my attention. But this, this one felt like it went by very quickly uh, with how entertaining it was. So um, o- overall, I, w- I would have to give the show an 8 out of 10 um, for quality purposes. Now we move on to the Royal Rumble. Yes, and and largely, I felt that um, this was this was one of the better Royal Rumbles um, in in recent memory, uh, with uh, with one glaring exception to the rule. And I, I'm betting you can uh, I'm betting you can guess where I'm going to go with this. Yep. <laughs> so, oh boy. Um, for for the sake of of saving time, I'm going to skip over the two um, the, the two uh, pre-show matches because I think it's very obvious who came out on top in a match with Sheamus versus Chad Gable and Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo. So I don't I don't think my commentary is necessary on that one. Okay. So the the show kicks off with the most uninteresting feud perhaps in the history yes. of WWE and the longest running most brutal feud in the history of WWE. Roman Reigns for I don't know. I I didn't like this match. I didn't like it either. Um, you know the the only cool part was that at the at the end where uh, they were on top of the dugouts, but I mean, they, uh, but I mean, spears were missed. Just everything looked looked sloppy, and like you know, they yeah. were really, they were really trying to take advantage of the falls count anywhere stipulation, but it, it just didn't it just didn't work for me. No, that was um, terrible. So. Um, 
I was I was not a fan of this match. So if if I were to make a recommendation uh, to somebody who wanted to go back and and rewatch the Rumble, uh, skip this match and and move right along. Uh, the uh, the women's rumble was up next, and this this had some re- some real high high points. Um, the f- the first one, of, of course, being uh, Bianca Belair's uh, standout performance. I she believe great. I I believe she had eight eliminations. Wow. Is that right? Um, and then uh. Yeah, so it says it says right here she went uh, 33 minutes and eliminated eight women, uh, and uh, Shayna Baszler got the uh, the exact same treatment. She uh, she had uh, eight eliminations as well, and the fact that Shayna did not win this match. Given the fact that Sasha Banks wasn't in the match, because Sasha Banks was my original pick to win, but with her not be- with her not being in it and Shayna being in it and not winning, it, it was a it was a disgrace. Um, but uh, but w- what really made it a disgrace was the fact that Charlotte Flair wins again. Oh my God! And and I. Oh, I feel like I, and, and and I promise I'll let you get your com- your comments in uh, after I finish this sentence. And I I feel like I say this on repeat in some variation every week, okay? But it, but it bears repeating. I do think that Charlotte is one of the most talented wrestlers on the roster. Period. Okay, my issue with her comes in the fact that she is treated like a mix between John Cena and Roman Reigns, and is just force-fed to us on a weekly basis to the point where it's like, um, you know, she's so overexposed, it just gets to the point where I don't want to see her, and that does a tremendous. Uh, disservice to her talent. But yes, Charlotte won it at the 54 minute and 40 second mark. And um, if it weren't for the uh, cringe-like result, I would I would have been a gigantic fan of this match. What did you, you think of the women's rumble overall, Elio? This, uh, well, yeah, um, didn't win. My pick was supposed to win Shayna Baszler, but um, it was okay until one point in the Rumble. One of the entrants. Oh, yes. The, this is, and this is where it fell off a cliff. Go, go ahead, and I'll let you take this one. So we have after Nikki Cross uh, entered the Rumble, the two-minute mark, um, the two minutes uh, were up on the clock, and our next entrance was Santina Marella. Uh, I I could have just, 
I could have thrown up on my TV at that point. That uh, was I, disgusting. That was just stupid. I, I mean, you couldn't have put a, a like a, you couldn't have put Sasha Banks in that spot. Or, like, at the very least, another NXT talent or something. No, you know, you know, you know, they couldn't put Billy Kay, they couldn't put Peyton Royce, but no, they had to put this. Well, I mean, I would have I taken Billy Kay or Peyton Royce over Santina Morella, certainly. I mean, good God. I mean... You know, any any time any time where I have to see Santina Morella in drag, I'm just gonna lose my lunch. Um, uh, qu- quite frankly, and I, I think I think you can agree with me, uh, for sure. Yeah, that was that was, that was disgusting. I was disgusted. Um, and I mean, um, she she should have stayed back at the Battle Arts Academy. They exactly. She, there on that that day. Uh, yeah, she, it, Santina Marella should have stayed in Vince McMahon's demented imagination, if you ask me. <laughs> um, oh my God, but, um good shit, pal. Oh, I like it. It looks good. <laughs> good. Santina Marella and fish that looks good to you. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, next up after this was another uh, very poor, uh, very um, poor match, I thought. Um, as Bailey defeated um, Lacey Evans in 9 minutes and 30 seconds. Um, and there's really, there's really nothing to say about this match other than the fact that I don't think Lacey can wrestle her way out of a fucking paper bag. I I, I just don't. Yeah, the, I, I don't know. Again, this match, I picked the right winner, but. <laughs> well, I mean, at this point, at this point, that's not saying very much because, you know, Lacey Evans really had no business winning the match to begin with. And then, then we had a strap match with The Fiend defeating Daniel Bryan. Uh, well, yeah, no shit. And the, but the thing is, and um, and and this this was a positive, but the fact that it was the biggest positive in the match really actually hurt the match. I thought, um. It was the fact that we didn't have any red lights, um, which I was very relieved about, but that was, like, the best part of the match. Yeah, um, I, I don't like the red lights distracting. It's, and, like, the, know, it's, like, yeah, it's like the episode of Seinfeld with the chicken roaster. Have you seen that one? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, dude. You need to go look that up. <laughs> You'll see when I'm talking about light. the red man. Yeah, I will. I will definitely. Um, I will definitely look that up on my trusty YouTube. Um, after this uh, podcast wraps itself. Um, but you know, I just, I, you know, I I always like um, you know, seeing Daniel Bryan in the ring, but it, it just there was something in this match that was missing, and and personally, I think it was just the fact that it took 
a way too long to get going. Yep. Um. Next up, we had what should what should have been the only women's championship match on the card. Uh, <laughs> Becky Becky Lynch versus Asuka. Um. With uh, Kyrie Zane at ringside, and mm-hmm. and this was actually a a very good match, um, and uh, and I, I like I said like I said before, and I, I can't I can't overemphasize this enough. This should have been the only women's match on the fucking card, other than. Other than the Royal Rumble, which in which in and of itself was good, but the 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 uh, result was just terrible. So if you want, if you take all that bullshit out of it and just have this match uh, in its place, I think um, I think it could have saved us some time and uh, and delivered the same quality of show. Uh, but uh, I think the right person. Uh, one in this scenario, I think. I think Becky Lynch winning uh, was was the right call, and I think I personally, I think that they should have a, a rematch of of this match at WrestleMania and keep Charlotte the fuck away from it. Yes. Um. You know, I just wait. Well, wait. Um. No. Um. I thought um, I I heard something that there might be a Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley at Mania. Um, well, I I heard that I heard that too, but um, you know, let's uh, let's not count the, our chickens before they hatch. Uh, because because if it were up to me, that would not that would not serve the NXT Championship well at all. Right. Uh, to have, yeah, a, to, to have an established uh, record hold record hold, holding uh, champion on the main roster hold the NXT title, and to yeah. me that that would just that would just derail any momentum that uh, Rhea Ripley has built up because you you know as well as I do that there is no way in hell. That Rhea Ripley, at this point in her career, or perhaps ever, as long as Vince McMahon is in charge, there's no possible way that Rhea Ripley is going to defeat Charlotte Flair. None. Mm-hmm. So, so just based off that fact alone, it makes absolutely no sense to give uh, Charlotte Flair the NXT Championship. So, there's no way I want to see that happen. I would much rather I would much rather see Becky Lynch versus Asuka again. Uh, uh, next up, we have some useless time wasting with the Street Profits, and uh, for 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 some reason or another, uh, the hometown boy uh, Booker T joined commentary for uh, for the Men's Rumble, and. Um, and for a very large portion of uh, this match, uh, Brock Lesnar was the uh, feature point. Uh, I think he. Hold on, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to see if uh, if I can um, if I can see how many uh, Brock eliminated. 
I'm not I'm not seeing how how many people he eliminated, but um but that being said, I, I think he I think he almost broke uh Kane's uh, single Royal Rumble elimination record, but I don't he didn't quite make it there. Um so after we get through with the Brock ass-kicking portion, um, let, 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 I'm just I'm just scrolling down past the, the Brock portion. Excuse me. Um, but after so Drew com- Drew comes out and and eliminates uh, eliminates Brock um, with the Cleveland. Yeah. Our research team has some new information for you. And what and what has the research team discovered? Brock Lesnar eliminated thirteen men in the rumble. Okay, so so that means he tied he tied Kane's record then. Okay. Mm-hmm. I knew he didn't I knew he didn't break it, but anyway, so um so after Brock uh, sets his own version of uh, history, uh, McIntyre uh, claymores him over the top rope. I, I really liked how um, how um, Drew was laser focused on Brock even even after the elimination. I thought that was that was a nice piece of business, and and then. Um, and then the uh, after that, I felt like the the match kind of dragged until uh, until Edge came out um, as as he came back and immediately uh, hit a spear on uh, um, where did, where did he I, actually I um, that's right AJ Styles. Well, and there's a reason why I got confused because fucking Kevin Dunn uh, had the camera cut away from Edge's return spear. I could have, I could have throttled that Bucky Beaver son of a bitch at, at, at that <laughs> point. <laughs> hold, on, hold on, we we have a we have a new catchphrase on the show. Say it again. What what was that new thing you just said? That, that Bucky Beaver son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, I mean, explain this to me, Elio. Uh, on what planet of logic are you going to miss Edge's return spear after nine years away from the ring? And that's when you choose to cut away from Edge, for God's sake. I mean, excuse me. You, I mean, he should have been fired just for that. Yeah. Oh my God. But, but anyway, um, so I, I really, I, I really like how Edge got a lot of shine, uh, in, 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 um, his return. Uh, having said that, I was equally ecstatic that Drew won the match, and and I will say this now. If they do not go all the way with Drew, and he is not on his on his way to to the championship with a rocket strapped to his asshole, 
I, I, then I don't know what the fuck they're doing over there. I just, I, I just don't. So, um, th- so this is just, this is just an- another example of something being so obvious that I don't know how you don't do it. Um, so over, overall, I, overall, I would give the, sh- I would give the show a six point five. Yeah, I'm gonna do the same. Out of out of ten, uh, with the majority of the points coming off because of the women's rumble match, which I and, and the Lacey Evans match, which I thought were two incredible eyesores on an other on an otherwise extremely solid show. So that is that will now officially wrap up our. 2020 Royal Rumble review. And we are, before we get into our regular weekly shows, we are going to take a short commercial break. Very good. And are you ready to get into our weekly shows? Absolutely. Uh, All let's, right. Uh, let's we're going to take right things off here. Monday Night Raw. Should have with uh, Drew McIntyre getting his just desserts after winning the 2020 Royal Rumble um, in obviously in the men's department. Uh, I, we, we wouldn't want the fans to get confused and and think that he had won uh, Santina Morella style, but that was just a joke. That was just a joke that was too easy to make. It was a layup. I had to take it. Um, but um, I thought the crowd uh, responded very well uh, to Drew and uh, gave him the you deserve it chance. And um, I, I, I really like how, um, how there wasn't any bullshit with the uh, keeping the fans in suspense with the announcement. They, they followed up the the Brock angle at the Rumble with the immediate announcement that uh, Drew wanted to face Brock at WrestleMania. So there we there we go, and the first and the first official match is locked up for uh, WrestleMania. So that's good. And then we had a useless uh, handicap match between uh, Drew McIntyre and the Good Brothers. And uh, I'll tell you what, it just, it pains me to see what they have done to the Good Brothers because it's, it's, it's just a disgrace. And then uh, we had, I had a very, this, this next match was very confusing for me. 
for some reason, MVP decided to make his Raw return after a brief cameo in in the uh, Royal Rumble. Apparently, uh, Rey Mysterio is uh, his five-year-old son's favorite star, so that's why they had a match together. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hate on that. I just didn't see the point in bringing MVP back. He's done. Uh, well, yes, and, and that was the impression that I got as well. So, um, not going to hate on it. I was just, it just seemed a, a bit random to me. Um, and then next up, of course, we had another Alistair Black squash match. I'm really getting tired of these things. I just, I just want Alistair Black to move on to something, uh, more substantive. All right, first. In our first independent spotlight segment of the week. Go ahead. I know I know you can't wait for these segments. <laughs> Kenneth Johnson, Alistair Black's opponent. So this guy was in ROH using the name Weezy Woo and appeared at ROH State of the Union event in 2014. That's the only other um, that's the only other. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Did you say? Did you say his name was Wheezy? Wheezy Woo. I kid. I kid you not. I'm just <laughs> reporting what I'm reading here, sir. Well, what the what? I mean, what the hell? That's that's reported the facts, sir. That's more than a little bit terrifying. But uh, um, on we go. Um, so at, after his match, uh, Black talked about uh, taking responsibility for his uh, rumble elimination and that he's done waiting for somebody to, to pick a fight with him. Mm-hmm. And he will be bringing the fight to, uh, to the main roster from this point forward. Thank Christ that gimmick is over. Uh, let's see. Next up, we had... Uh, Seth come out with AOP. He comments on losing the Rumble and decides to mock the winner of the Rumble even though uh, Seth lost, so that was a little bit awkward. Um, So uh, then Kevin and Samoa Joe arrive. Kevin says Seth talks too much. I couldn't agree more. Uh, we get a uh, he calls he calls uh, Seth a delusional jackass. Um, and then I wanted this segment to end because I I figured that was a mic drop and thankfully it did. Uh, next up after that, um, we had. Uh, we had Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins in a match against Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe. Now, to, now I don't know if you saw this, but it, it looked to me as if uh, Joe got hurt, and they are they are reporting that he suffered a uh, concussion. Um, but it, but it certainly looks like a worked angle to me. So I, I'm I'm hoping that he's not injured. And it's just a storyline thing. Uh, but uh, time will tell on that. Um, 
Next up, we had Becky Lynch being interviewed about uh, beating Asuka. And it was just a regular interview, so on we go. And see, this is what this is what I really hate. Once again, we had Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo, so a very quick uh, rematch from the previous night's Royal Rumble. And every time these two get together, you know Humberto Carrillo is going to get his ass completely whooped and the, and the dimples kicked right off his face. Um, okay. So, so when Humberto Carrillo comes out, I'm like, okay, this, this is going to be a, this is going to be another splash match scenario. I've never seen so many, so many, um, so many losses from from somebody who who isn't supposed to be a jobber. It, it just it just confuses me. Um, and what what uh, confuses me even further was um, it came out the next day that Andrade has been sus- suspended for his first. Um, wellness policy violation. Mm-hmm. So he'll be out for 30 days, but yet he is still the United States champion. So he broke the rules and is still allowed to keep his U.S. title match. I guess, I guess, uh, I guess WWE just makes up the rules as they go along, but on we go. Um, and then we have Charlotte's decision, but then again, it really wasn't a decision as, as she said that she wasn't, um, she wasn't ready. Um, and, uh, the fans will have to wait. Uh, after that, we had Charlotte versus Asuka. Um, this was, this was a, a really, a good match outside of the uh, lame DQ finish, which to me watered it down. Um, and after this, we had a useless segment with the Street Profits and Kelly Kelly pretending to be a gangster. <laughs> I, it was I, terrible. I'm getting tongue-getting tired of these backstage segments. Um, I I could go I could go my entire life without seeing a, a beautiful woman uh, pre- pretend to be a gangster again. If we <laughs> if we can avoid that, that would be wonderful. Um, speaking of useless, here comes uh, Mojo Rally with his new offensive lineman Riddick Moss. Uh, oh. That is. That is very lame, and I want that off my TV as much as as much and as quickly as possible. I I want that to be gone and over. Um, so that was a twenty second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Is it, isn't he one of um Riddick Moss? Isn't he one of that one half of that team, the Outliers or whatever they're called? I don't. I I know he's in NXT, but quite for, to be honest with you, I hadn't seen him before, so I don't. Oh, okay. I don't. I can't say with any degree of certainty. Um, well, what he, go go look up go look up the outliers because I thought um I thought I heard uh, his name as well, a one half okay. of that team. 
Well, uh, keep uh, keep entertaining the fans, and I will I will act as our research department. Okay, so um, well, the research department is looking up that information. We will move on to our truth once again, making his way out of the ring and. He is yet again the 24-7 champion defeating Mojo Rawley, and I'm getting tired of this. R-Truth uh, losing and getting the belt back and losing it and getting it back. Yes, it's particularly useless. And to, to answer your aforementioned question, um, the, the research department has come up with the answer to your question and yes, uh, Riddick Moss is one half of the outliers alongside Dan Motha. So you okay, were okay. All right. You were. So, uh, yep. Okay. No, I thought I thought I'd heard that name. I didn't know the other guy's name though, so that's good. Okay. Very good. Um, then, but, but but then after after. Our truth wins the belt back. He loses it back to Mojo Rawley yet again. Yes, and I I would have to agree with the synopsis that I'm I'm reading after this. After this after this title change took place again, uh, the guys on four one one mania wrote fuck off underneath of it, and I I have. <laughs> I have to agree with them. That was uh, that was nicely played, gentlemen. So I I appreciate that. And then we then we had. Can I uh, actually can I can I take this one, please? Just for yes. your shits and giggles. This, okay. Uh, the, we we had what should have been the main event. Go ahead. Well, I'm I'm um I'm especially glad that it wasn't. However. Um, we had Lana versus Liv in, in what should have been billed as a cat fight because it certainly wasn't a wrestling match. Um, the most the most notable part of this match, and I, I have to say this, I, I know it sounds horrible, but the match was so bad that the only notable part of it was, um, was Liv coming out looking like Catwoman in a leather getup. Nice. Uh, oh man. Uh, Lana is still a horrible wrestler, and yes, should, and should be nowhere near a ring. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's that. And then, so, um, and then Elio, why don't you take it away with our second? Uh, with our second enhancement talent showcase, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why this was the last match. So, are they saying that this was Eric Rome was the main event? Well, well, no, because, because I think I think the the Edge segment was rightfully considered the main event. Oh, okay. No, I'm saying like for like match wise. Well, app- apparently, but. Wow, that's just stupid. <laughs> well, well, I agree. But, but... Uh, here we go. It's Eric Rowan defeating Brandon Brandon Vice, and I'm not going to pull anything up on this guy because I already did that earlier. 
uh, when you were going over one of the matches, and uh, this guy only this one appearance on his resume. Oh well, the the poor guy. Um, <laughs> but uh, but speaking of of something that what that wasn't poor. Uh, we had the return of Edge on uh, Monday Night Raw, and uh, the Yo, fan- now, when, when, when you hold on when you saw this, what, what did you think when you saw like what happened? Okay, go on and tell me what uh, tell everyone what happened, and then um, tell me what you thought. So um, so Ed- Edge comes out, and at first they won't let him talk. Um. But uh, then he goes on to explain that he was um, forced to uh, medically retire uh, nine years ago because of fusion surgery in his neck. Uh, we both knew that. Uh, and um, he kept asking himself, what if once he started uh, feeling better? Um, and so he said he wanted to come back. So he got into the shape of his life at 46 uh, to come back to end his career on his terms. He said that he was happy to uh, uh, get back in the, in the rumble and uh, see some familiar faces. And um, um, he wants to uh, face those familiar faces in matches down the road. Then as soon as, as soon as Orton came out, I swear to God, I was like, oh, shit. Okay, because as an angle, now as an angle, I like this. I, th- I think that this was, this was a great build to a WrestleMania-worthy match. Absolutely. Would I, would I have done it that night? No. Um, but that's just me being such a big fan of Edge that I just wanted him to have his moment, and then you do you do the you do the angle uh, t- tonight, meaning uh, meaning uh, Monday, February third, not not last week. Uh, in, in in addition to that, I just feel like we've seen this from. Um, from Orton before, so I guess, I guess this was uh, classic Orton. But um, given the situation, I would I would have liked to have seen that handled a little bit differently. Having said that, they did do their job in terms of making me want to see that match. Um, so. Yeah, because when I, I was sitting there now, when I saw Orton hit that RKO, I literally sat there with my mouth open. I was like. Oh no! Because the the way Edge uh, went down after the RKO. Yeah, and I I, I I wouldn't. I mean, clearly they wouldn't have put him in that situation unless he was medically safe to do so. But right. uh, but even so, it it made me cringe just a little bit. I I know I know it's part of this. It's a, it's a storyline, but oh wow, the the way that that RKO was hit on him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, not not very nice. Um, All right, uh, so that's our uh, review of Rob, but that's how you build the story, right? Absolutely. 
go right into it and then you blow it off right away. Like they like to do. Yeah, well, you know, but it, it gives us time uh, to build on the on the animosity. Yeah. Uh, before we get to WrestleMania. So from that perspective, I get it. All right. So that was our Monday Night Raw. And now we are going to get into AEW Dynamite. Because I'm TNT. I'm Dynamite. TNT. Think of this show. Um, I I I honestly thought that uh, it was it was a lot weaker than uh, the previous uh, than the previous week's yeah. installment. All right, so so AEW came to us from the Wallstein Center in Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, we kicked things off with um I believe it was a the John Moxley interview. A John Moxley uh, promo. Yes, it was. Yeah, John Moxley promo, and um, basically, uh, going off on Jericho, and that brings Jericho out to ask the fans if you want if they want to see him versus Moxley tonight, and tells him to go to hell. <laughs> then we see a vignette of MGF and Wardlow going into a butcher shop, paying off the butcher, the blade, and the bunny to take care of the young bucks following uh, last week where they, the young bucks threw him into the pool while on the Chris Jericho cruise ship. So that leads into our match with the young bucks defeating the blade and the butcher in 845. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm just at, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not sold on, on the on the butcher and, and the blade, I'm just not. Well, they, I think they've lost like every match they've had. <laughs> you know, I, like I wanted to give them a chance and see what they can do, but yeah, no, I, I just don't see it. No, no, I, I don't either. And then I really wanted to like this match. I just couldn't do it. Uh, Nyla Rose defeating Big Swole. And I'll tell you why. I wanted to to like it because I kind of like Big Swole. Don't like the name. I couldn't do without the name because I think her other name is a lot better. Yeah. I agree. um, Yeah, Nyla Rose defeating Big Swole. No, but like it's like every sing every single time that AEW puts a a women's match on dynamite, I just I am absolutely aghast at the <laughs> at the quality of the match. It is just it yep. is it is terrible. I don't understand what they see in Nyla Rose. I don't get it. Well, and. and Honest, honest to God, I, I think it, it's. I think the reason that she's in the position that she's in, and once again, I know this isn't politically correct, or maybe not the right thing to say, but I've I've never been accused of being a PC guy, 
So I'm just going to go and say how I feel. I think the reason why she's in the position she's in is because she's transgender, and if they do anything against her, it's going to get, it's going to bring bad publicity. I just I don't like it. I don't know. That's just me. Well, no, it, it's just the two of us because I can't stand. Yeah. <laughs> then we had Cody defeating Kip Sabian. Now, Ben. I have a question. Yeah. What was with the referee getting in on Anderson's face and arguing with on Anderson? Yeah, yeah, the the um the role of the refs in AEW is very confusing because it just it it well from the on Anderson perspective it doesn't seem uh it doesn't seem um very logical to get in his, in his face. When, when obviously he can't get physical with anybody anymore. But also, like, the refs are just so um, so routinely out of, out of place and just blatantly ignoring um, certain rules. It's just... It's just... Like, the freeze, like, getting in his face. I'm like, why, why aren't you paying attention to the match? And that just lets Penelope Ford... Uh, do uh do like all her stuff behind the ref's bag to help Sabian. Right. And then and then of course and then of course we get the uh, and then of course we get the make out session in the middle of the match, which I could you know, which is just odd to me. <laughs> I just don't get it. Um and then uh That's you sorry. And then after after that, which which um, this this was just not a, not a good match. Um, but af- after that, we get highlights of last of a Brit bigger seal turn last week, uh, which was not good. Oh yeah, this um, is the interview that we had this week, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then match wise, the next one was um, was Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian versus on on Helico and uh, Jack Evans. Yep. Um, which I mean, this was this was okay, but um, but it, it's just um, on Helico and Jack Evans are clearly the jobber tag team of of. Uh, AEW, so it's like whenever they're on, you know exactly what's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, and in, in the main event, we had the Inner Circle, Chris Jericho, and Proud and Powerful defeating Darby Allen and Private Party. Well, and you knew that was gonna happen, you know, to, to set up, um, to continue to set up um, Jer- Jericho going into his title defense. So, so that that made sense, um, but uh, the only the only thing about the inner circle that I don't like is um, is Jake Hager is completely useless. I know, right? So why, like, why, why are you even there if you can't even do anything? You know, it's like replace him with somebody that can actually get physical or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Um, that was um, that was AEW for the week, and I gotta tell you, I think 
I think the rating that I'm seeing is extremely generous. Uh, as the site I'm using gave it a 7 out of 10, I would have given it a 5. Uh, yeah, this wasn't very good. This wasn't quite very good. All right, we're gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna throw it over to Ben for our review of NXT. Speaking of something that was good, oh my god, I, I, I love NXT. It restores my faith in everything wrestling related until yep. we get to until we get to Monday night, then I'm like, oh my god. Uh, but um but on we go with our first match of the evening, uh Finn Bauer versus Trent Seven. Uh you you knew exactly what was gonna happen here. And my my only surprise was that it went ten minutes and ten seconds. Uh, so, but um, obviously Finn Balor was going to get the win, and it was definitely the right decision. Uh, a- after that, we had uh, Kathy Kelly interviewing the Broserweights, Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle. You uh, just love that name. Uh, yeah. And trust, trust me, I didn't, I didn't enjoy the fact that I had to say the name. But <laughs> they, um, they put over the fact that they are going to win the Dusty Rhodes Classic in in the main event. Right. Uh, exactly. Uh, and and thank you for that. Um, I, I think that's going to be the most underrated moment on on this week's show. Uh, but uh, next up, we get a recap video of Dakota Kai's attack on Tegan Knox at War Games and the one where Tegan gets revenge at Worlds Clyde. If I have to see video of that attack one more time, I'm going to lose my patience. Um, it appears that Velveteen Dream could be returning as we get a teaser video uh, with three yellow circles featuring the numbers uh, 5, 20, and 2. I don't know what that means, but apparently that could mean Velveteen Dream coming back. Uh, next up, we get Shotzi Blackheart riding out in a, in a miniature tank for her match against Deanna Perrazzo. And do you um, know what that Dean did you hear about this? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You cut out for a minute. Did I hear about what? Did you hear about uh, why uh, she came out riding on a tank? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, apparently, um, at the NXC, uh, Sammy Guevara rode rode out to the front doors on a tank, trying to like um recreate the DX uh, invasion. Oh yeah, I did. I I did see that. Come to think yeah. of it, well, um, it was uh, it, it, it was it was funny nonetheless. I I enjoyed that, and I I do think I do think that once she gets 
more experience under her belt, uh, Shotzi definitely has a lot of potential uh, mm-hmm. to be a star. Next up, uh, we get uh, Keith Lee putting over the fact that he is the, the he is our limitless North American champion. And then we get a bunch what, of. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. What'd you think of that promo? I didn't. I didn't really like it. Um, I liked Keith Lee's part of it, but as soon as everybody started coming out and saying that they wanted a shot, um, I thought that um, I thought that was very Monday Night Raw-ish, and I just didn't need that. Uh, after that, we got Dijakovic versus Priest. Um, Dijakovic was obviously going to get. Uh, gonna get the win so um like i like i said i'm not sold on uh damian priest yet i it's just i'm 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 just not getting it next up we had a very short sprint between uh tegan knox and dakota kai It it was okay but i was i was glad that it was over uh speaking of uh quick matches uh, Caden Carter defeated Chelsea Green. I'm really not get. I'm, I'm really not getting her association with Robert Stone. Um, that, and, and that's wow. Wait, why are you not? What are you not getting? Um, like, I, you don't get the whole the whole thing. I, I I don't get the whole thing. Why 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 does Chelsea Green need representation from Robert Stone? I mean, what the I guess, hell? I guess he's he's like uh, basically he's a manager. Uh, I uh, manager type. I think I I also heard about this. I don't know how true this is, but then they're that's supposed to be a play on Tony. Oh Lord! Well, yeah. well, one can only dream that that is not the case. But in because, this, uh, in, the, in this case, he's like a manager, kind of. You know, you know, remember how Harvey was when he used to dress with all these weird suits. Uh, yes. Yeah. So this is Robert Stone. Well, if if he's trying to play off Harvey Whippleman, he needs to fucking stop now. <laughs> or, or else I'm going to have a serious issue. Uh oh. I, it's just it's just not working for me. But something that did work for me was the main event with um, the Grizzly Young veterans taking on the aforementioned Broserweights. Hopefully I don't have to say that name again. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, this was this was easily the best uh, the best match on the show, and. Um, Despite my distaste for their name, I was very pleased that the Broserweights uh, got the got the victory. Although I was, I will say, I was surprised. I expected the Grizzled Young Veterans to take the win uh, because they are the established tag teams, or tag team tag team, I should say. And um, I typically. Don't like it when these thrown together uh, tag teams get high profile wins, but based on based on who they are, it made sense uh, that especially especially Matt Riddle would be involved in the in the win. But having said that, I think 
I do think that the Grizzled Young Veterans came out looking pretty damn good because they proved that they could hang tough on a uh, larger platform with NXT US. And I do, and I do see big things for them in the future. Um, so okay. I was, I was a, a a big fan of of the main event, which which I think carried the show and quite frankly saved it. Now, question now, going back to the previous match, what do you think of Keith Carter? Um, to be honest with you, I I haven't seen enough of her to. Uh, to build an, an opinion, I I had not, I I had heard her name, but I had never seen her wrestle as uh, Lacey Lane. So I, like I said, I haven't really seen enough to garner an opinion. All right, so um, that's NXT. Uh, now we're gonna move over to Friday Night SmackDown. Ben, I know you've been looking forward to this. I just I can't take it anymore. And and, and 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 ladies and gentlemen, as you can as you can hear, my co-host is hyperventilating because he he just finds it so so incredibly entertaining that I am forced to give you this review. And just just because I am a nice guy, I am going to give you an out. So if you um. If you don't want to listen to this portion of the show, I understand because I certainly didn't want to watch this portion of the main event on SmackDown uh, because we Baron Corbin, or King Corbin as he is now known, was covered in dog food by the Usos and Roman Reigns, and hence our title for this episode being SmackDown has truly gone to the dogs. <laughs> okay, so let's open this up. I'm so disgusted with All right, this so fucking let's, angle. Let's, let's open this up. Um, the Usos and um, Roman Reigns are on the ring for a promo, and that brings out King Corbin and his court, which consists of Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Oh God! They, the, they, called, Corbin, they, they called it the, his court. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah. that's terrible. Roman Reigns calls the Corbin fetish boy and uh, says that tonight <laughs> they're going to make the main event the a loser eats dog food match. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. In our first match is is John Morrison and the Miz defeating the Revival, Vincent Dorado and Grand Malik and Heavy Machinery. I forgot those guys were still employed. 
Oh, Dorado? Yeah, I just, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't get well, it. That's what, that's what I was asking you. Like, is 205 even still around? Because, like, I, I used to hear their names all the time. Yeah, I um, I I I haven't heard anything definitive, but I don't I don't think that they've uh, shot any new content for the show since uh, before Christmas. So that, um, in my opinion, that's enough foreshadowing to say, to say that uh, two hundred five may be done done and dead and buried. And. and Rose and Sonya Deville. Prior to this match, there was a segment backstage where uh, Otis asked Mandy Rose out on a date, and uh, that date is taking place on Valentine's Day. Oh, you already there? Uh, I mean, did you hear the last part? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't hear any of that. Okay, so Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defeated Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville prior to this match. There was a backstage segment where Otis asked Mandy Rose out on a date, and that will take place on Valentine's Day. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> then we had an Intercontinental Championship match, and this was a surprise. Braun Strowman is your new Intercontinental Champion defeating Shinsuke Nakamura. I have never felt I have never felt worse for a performer than I do uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. What they have done to him is absolutely criminal. Yeah. Oh that my was, god. Wow. Then she uh, missed a few sorry, go on. No, I, I'm just going to say that that was absolutely awful. Other other than the fact that he is a big jacked up son of a bitch, um, you know, Braun, Braun, Braun Strowman belongs nowhere near a wrestling ring. Then, then we had Sheamus defeating Shorty Chad Gable in a rematch from the Rumble because I'm not going to call him Shorty Jake, such a stupid. Well, well, you just did. You called him Shorty G. Chad Gable, so you just defeated your own purpose. Yeah, right. It's just... It's it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. Then we come to Ben's favorite part of the night. The Usos and Roman Reigns defeat Dolph Ziggler and Robert (sighs) and King Corbin now. and Just... they hang they handcuff Corbin to the ring post and dump food on him now, Ben. Now look. It's not enough that they oh, had yes. it's not enough they had to have dog food, but they had like a big pot right at ringside. That was like disgusting. Yes, well, and this is why this is why I didn't watch this part because I would have lost my dinner. But you know what's even more disgusting is there were kids in the audience too. I know, and it, uh, it's just awful. You know, I I think 
film will convince McMahon's mind. It really would. I mean, does he he understand that there are kids that are in the audience that watch this? But he truly, he truly believes that this is wonderful. I can, I can hear him laughing in the back. But not for kids. Jeez, like, what if, what, what if uh, he, his grandkids were in attendance at one of these events and they had this going on? Well, well, I, I, I would hope that that grandpa Vince would have, have the sense not to put his, his grandchildren through that trauma, but none, nonetheless... And this uh, is Vince McMahon. He doesn't care. Nonetheless, Vince McMahon has done absolutely nothing to restore my faith in him. The only justice that... Um, that the fans have at this point. I, I actually found this very funny because I think the, I think the only way you can get ben, Vince's attention at this, at this point is through his wallet. And, um, and according to multiple sources uh, throughout the week, uh, in, in the wake of Vince out of the blue deciding to let go of, of um, two of... WWE's uh, pre- uh, presidents, uh, George Berrios and Michelle Wilson, uh, the company has lost $1 billion in stock value. Oh, my goodness. So, I've, you know what, I, I found, not that I'm cheering for WWE's downfall, but when they, when they give us shit like... A dog, a loser eats to dog food match. I do find a little bit of justice when you hear that they're having trouble behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. All right, we're gonna take uh, one more one more break, and then we'll be back, and we're gonna fire up the DeLorean. Absolutely. Friday, February 3rd, 1989. Now, I'm not going to ask you what you were doing on that particular date because I already know you were a few months away from being one year. From being a year old. So, I'm going to tell you about a little event that was called the WWF put on called the main event. This is the second one following the February 5th one, which I'm sure you heard about. 
Uh, re- remind me which one that, was that was uh, that was uh, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Oh, oh yes, of course. Yes. So this uh, was a follow-up, but that one this was a big deal at this time. Now, um, back at WrestleMania Four, we all know Randy Savage won the championship. Hulk with the help from Hulk Hogan, and then of course we had the. I, I, at this time, at that time, they were the Mega Powers, and they teamed. They teamed up against Survivor Series as Cold Captains, and the seeds were right. And the seeds were planted there, and they continued at the Royal Rumble '89, when June uh, the match itself, and it finally exploded on this night, February 1989. So. Let's take a look at what we have here. Okay. First of all, we had a whole bunch of dark matches to begin with. We had a giant defeating cheek cards. Then we had the usual. Why? Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just say we had Andre the Giant and Jake the Snake Roberts on a. On a uh, on a pre-show of sorts. Uh, these were all the dark matches, which uh, were taped for one of the weekend shows at the time. Well, why, why in the fuck would that be a dark match? Well, because this, this was special. This was at that time they only had like uh, the one-hour shows when they did these specials. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I have to I have to keep reminding myself that this was a, a different time period. Okay. Then we had then we had the Rougeau brothers defeating the Hart Foundation and with a brother love as a special referee. In our third match, the Ultimate Warrior retained the Intercontinental Championship, defeating Greg the Hammer Valentine. Wow. World Tag Team Championships. Demolition defeated the Powers of Pain to hold on to the belts. I don't know if you remember the Powers of Pain. Uh, dimly, yes. World and Barbarian. Yep. Then we had the aforementioned Arn Anderson and Polly Blanchard. defeated the Rockers. Uh, the Barber Beefcake and Mr. Perfect ended without a winner because there was a double disqualification. And the last of the dark matches that, that were filmed was Jim Duggan defeating Dino Bravo in a flag match. Good lord. That, I mean, that was that was all uh, tape. Oh my god. I, I wonder what show those matches aired on because... Um, at the time, they had like a wrestling challenge on at um on the Saturdays. So I'm pretty sure they had them on they had them scattered around on those shows. Oh okay. And then in our opening match, it was Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage, the Mega Powers defeating the Twin Towers Big Boss Man and Akeem at one at one point it was um Elizabeth, who got who got up on the apron, 
And uh, Savage uh, got knocked into her and sent her crash into the floor. And then Hulk Hogan went to went to uh, see if she was okay. And so he left his post at ringside. Oh yes. Picked her up and carried her to the back. Meanwhile, Savage was trying to. Oh yeah, I I, I, re- I remember I remember seeing that clip. Uh, so the then, uh, yeah. of dissension. Back in the first aid area. Uh, Elizabeth was laying on the bed. Hulk Hogan was uh, at her side. After the match, Savage came backstage, and of course, they got into an argument. Savage pointing the accusing finger at Hogan, and then attacking him with the championship, knocking him out. And uh, that that completed the heel turn, and we got the Mega Powers explode at WrestleMania Five. Uh, yeah, which um, which was uh, I remember seeing seeing that moment much much later, um, because um, because I, I no I I forget I forget if I was um if I was watching WrestleMania five uh in preparation for one of our earlier shows or if I was just watching it for shits and giggles, um. On the network, but um, I do I do remember that uh, match specifically. So, um, it's- but when 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 you said you remember the backstage where Savage attacked Hogan, right? You said that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was from this show. That was oh. uh, where that happened on this show. Oh damn! Okay. Yeah. Okay, and in the second match, um, it was. Ted DiBiase defeating Hercules. Now, at this point, it was um, Ted DiBiase had bought Hercules from Bobby the Brain Heenan. And so he, um, he bought her, her, like Bobby Heenan sold Hercules to Ted DiBiase. So apparently, her, the story there was Hercules was to have been Ted DiBiase's slave. And so, of course, Hercules uh, said, said, no, fuck you, Diyasi, you can't buy me off. Yeah. And uh, swung his chain, and uh, so that uh, that turned uh, Hercules' face, and uh, that's what led to this match on the main event. Uh-huh. And that is our trip back through time to Friday, February the third, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, I'm I'm betting I'm betting I'm betting the slave storyline wouldn't go down very well on today's <laughs> WWE. Just no. a thought. <laughs> oh my god, if you brought that to Vince he'd probably book that in a second. Oh yeah, he would he would be giving his jollies off backstage. He's so stupid. I'm sorry. I just, oh, I, 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 I'd like to, I, I would love to spend 24 hours with Vince McMahon just to, just to see what being the life of this guy is like. Yeah, well, at, well, at this point, it probably wouldn't be very entertaining. <laughs> I don't know. No, I think it would have been entertaining, like back in, like you know, Royal Rumble '92 days and up through the yeah. Attitude Era and stuff like that. Yeah. But you know, it's just it, it it was it was funny because speaking of Royal Rumble '92, real quick, and then we'll we'll wrap it up. 
because I was I was hearing um, you know stirrings online that uh, the 2020 Royal Rumble um, was the best of all time, and I even 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 I had to laugh my ass off. I mean, usually, usually I take that kind of stuff with a grain of salt, but I felt like saying, um, "I'm yeah. sure they're mistaken about that." Like, yeah, I think I think you should go back and do some research and, and hit up 1992 because to me that will forever be the best Royal Rumble of all time. Yep, I agree. I saw that when it I live. That was fun. Yeah. All right. So, Ben, we say bring this week's episode to a close. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to close out the show for the week. I'm Elio Canella with my host Ben Pierce. Same. We will talk to you all next week. Ben, do you have anything else to add, to add before we sign off? Ah, no, not really. Um, thanks for. All right, sir. Thanks for tuning. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you uh, next week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will talk to y'all next week. <laughs>